I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Tuesday, February 28th, 2023, and we are going to be talking about a prophetic word for Julie Green about enemy armies, the enemy military, literally being paid by the Biden and the Biden administration to enter our southern border so that we have military within our borders. That's exactly what was revealed in this prophetic word. We're going to get into some other updates about some of this uh, Google and some of these uh uh, the, 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 these uh, cabal entities and how what they're actually doing and what their media has done and actually to have Marty Grisham of Loudmouth Prayer coming on at the bottom of the hour. You'll really enjoy that. Uh, he's an expert on the believer's authority and uh, using our authority in Christ is a big theme of what the Lord has been telling us through his prophets in a, in a, in a huge way. And Marty Grisham has been working with some of those prophetic uh, voices that we have been uh, interviewing here on this show. So be excited to get an update from Marty as we move forward here. Um, with that, I'm going to move right into this because I want to cover uh, quite a bit of, of, of items before Marty comes on. New all-sides analysis exposes Google News' enormous left-wing political bias. Now, we know they are left-wing, right? But how, how badly are they, right? So this Google News Right, um, basically, somebody did a study on it. <laughs> a new analysis follows the MRC Free Speech America's lead in exposing the enormous left-wing political bias that undergirds big tech giant Google. Now, obviously, there's been many prophetic words about them being completely exposed. It's starting to happen. So, a media solutions company called All Sides that purports to expose people to information and ideas from all sides of the political spectrum so they can better understand the world releases a report February 28th illustrating how Google News displays articles from left-wing media sources far more than sources from the right. Far more is an exaggeration. 61% versus 3%. 20x. <laughs> so if you go to Google News, you have a 20x media bias 
That's how bad this is. The jig is up. MRC Free Speech America Vice President Dan Snyder said in a statement, it is no accident when Google News promotes left-leaning outlets 20 times more than right-leaning outlets, Google cannot pretend to be an unbiased any longer. Our own research has shown it. All, si all sides is corroborating it. All sides reports fellow MRC Free Speech America's litany of Google studies released in the past couple of months showing how Google is nothing more than a leftist political tool to censor conservative voices while masquerading as a neutral search engine. The most explosive of MRC's findings involved Google engaging in election interference in 2022 midterm elections to benefit the Democrats. Nothing we didn't know, but now it's you know kind of confirmed with a study there. We see CNN ratings plunge as coveted 25 to 54 age demo tunes out. And so the morning show of Don Lemon <laughs> is, is funny. It's set to end February with its lowest 25 to 54 age viewership. What's interesting about this that's uh, funny is that they, um, under CNN's boss, Chris Light, the network has slumped. And the Don Lemon-led CNN this morning is set to end February with its lowest 25 to 54 age viewership since the show launched in November. After Lemon was ousted from the former primetime slot, in the first 24 days of February, the morning show averaged 361,000 viewers. And before, the one that got canceled called New Day was 430,000 viewers. <laughs> the new show, hosted by Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and Caitlin Collins, averaged 16% lower ratings than the older show, which was canceled due to low ratings. <laughs> so they cancel a show, bring on Lemon, and it actually goes lower. So we see good news happening there. It is scary, though, what's going on, guys, with, uh, with, with what the government's doing. The government is literally, uh, the State Department announces a commitment to the new pandemic accord, which basically gives our liberty up to the World Health Organizations. Um, late Monday night, the State Department announces a new commitment to the pandemic accord, arguing the U.S. involvement is essential at the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, uh, again, just a bunch of globalists giving control to globalists versus um, us having our, our liberty and our, and our ability to work it atomically as a, as, as a country. Scary stuff is what this is. This whole big pharma thing is really scared. Here's the Department of State saying that the U.S. is committed to the pandemic accord, hashtag pandemic accord, which will vastly improve the global health architecture preventing, preparing for, and responding to future pandemic emergencies. They're just trying to set us up for another emergency where they'll they'll shut everything down again, right? And and uh, uh, and so even no POTUS, even a legitimate one, at the right or authority to sign the accord. Your official comments on behalf of the State Department are one of two things: you are supporting an authoritarian regime that is in the power of result of a coup, or you do not understand, right? So. It, it, people are on to them, right? All, all the comments you'll see down below this tweet show that, uh, yeah, not all, but, but uh, show, show, show that it's not supported. And so with this medical cartel and giving everything to the WHO, and this all goes back to the patent office and all the way to the insurance companies, obviously to the, to, to the institutions of the media that owns 97% of the advertising, and then into the government organizations with all the lobbying and all the bought off politicians, all the way into the pharmaceutical companies. It's just a big, big huge medical cartel. And, and this is why I decided to completely change my approach to insurance and to do a Christian sharing network versus 
insurance that because if if I if I had, got sick with something terrible, I'm going to want to go use natural doctors and natural herbs and natural solutions and and all these different uh, but but they don't even pay for those. They only pay for the big pharma Rockefeller petroleum drug approach. So we weren't even using our insurance. And I was paying I was paying um, for a family of three for very poor insurance that wasn't even considered insurance. It was a discounted type package. It was terrible. Over $900 a month. We weren't even using it. So what did we do? We actually flipped the share healthcare. And now I have a referral code for this, Rick B2T. And I tell you what, guys, this is so much better. You have, how does share healthcare work? And it, there's a video here that I played last night for you guys if you want to go look at this, but, but it's really about um, sharing uh, Christians getting their own account. So we get our own account. And, and then the, the, we share expenses, right? But, it, but I use it for catastrophic, right? So, so we, we reduced our cost down to like a third and we're able to just only pay for large events that happen, um, which is perfect for us. So we're self-paying for these smaller things. Um, but there's also other plans where you can, can have a, a, a smaller deductible for the year, for your family, or per event. It's incredibly well done. Again, I, I look, go, look them at the link below. You can just go to sharehealthcare.com, sharehealthcare.com. But if you do enroll, please, uh, right up here, make sure you use the referral code of RICKB2T. It's been exciting for me. We just switched over this uh, last month. Again, that share healthcare, get out of the medical cartel when it comes to your insurance company, only forcing you to one type of approach to your healthcare. Here's Marty Grisham coming on tonight. We got 107 on tomorrow night on March 1st. Then we got Clay Clark and Mel Kay and Dr. Artis and Matrix and Shady. So great things coming on this month. Uh, appreciate all the help of Gus getting that all set up. Um, beautiful guests coming on every Tuesday and Wednesday is when we have guests come on. Um, let's dig into this prophetic word from Julie Green this morning. The latest one said, Oh, United States, justice is being served and a revolution has begun. So he's not using the word revival, he's using the word revolution, which is bigger than a revival, right? Because this is a full revolution into the great harvest, I believe. And uh, that's going to be quite exciting. Um, what I'm going to do is go into a Word document now because uh, the fonts weren't shown as big as I wanted. I might make sure you see this prophetic word in its full glory so you can actually read it even on a mobile phone. Here it is. Again, it says, my children, I am telling you this day that every lie that has been held, this nation is being revealed. It is being destroyed, it is being annihilated. There is no lie that has been told that will stand and that will continue in this direction to hold this world under the control of the globalists and their plans for this earth. Although with what they have done to all the earth resources, they have tried to destroy. They have been poisoned to cause great sickness, great disease for money and power. The more they could destroy you, the more power they had. They profited off killing people. They profited off wars. They profited off natural disasters. They profited during times of economic collapse. My children, the sinister plans against you will be hard to hear once they are ex all exposed. How callous and inhumane these people are. They are monsters. And what they have done to continue to manipulate and control your lives is being destroyed and their power is denied. 
They cannot continue with their plans against you. They will profit no more. They will succeed no more. Their, they will, their reign will not continue. Their governments will not rule. Their laws will not continue to control and to enslave. Their murderous acts will be exposed and restorations you will receive. My children, this is the time that all your enemies have done to you in your nations, the economies into this world, for it is to be stopped and reversals will continue to take place and restorations you will experience like never before, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. This great news all around here, guys. But again, it's going to be so shocking when we really understand the evil that they have. Air raid science will be in your news. So this is interesting. So they're going to they're going to really try to get fear going. And this is what we're talking about, how important it is for us not to have fear, right? Air raid sirens will be in your news again and again to bring utter fear and distractions. Remember I said, do not believe what they are saying and do not believe in this war. It will not succeed. I'm going to go here to a plague of flies will be reported in your news. Unusual storms of biblical proportions, they will say, pay attention to this location. Many other things will take place after you see this. Something of biblical proportions will take place in Washington, D.C. Something's about, to be, something's about to descend in that area that will not go unnoticed, and people will not be able to explain what is going on. Significant things are taking place where you can't see them, but you soon will, saith the Lord. A political rat is about to be exposed and removed from their position. Pennsylvania a vacating of a seat is about to take place that will shock your, set, your state, and another will be removed. A restoration will take place in these political seats of power that have been stolen. It all will be returned, and not just in Pennsylvania. So isn't that interesting? Pennsylvania, you know, they stole the Senate seat there, obviously, the person who couldn't even talk, right? And so we'll, we'll see what other positions might uh, the governor position, I think others will be real interesting to see um, as that those dominoes start to fall for the stolen elections. Oh, United States, justice is being served and a revolution has begun. Something dramatic will take place in Boston. Watch the East Coast because a cleansing has begun. Rhode Island is about to be in your news. A scandal is about to be exposed. Connecticut, something extraordinary is about to take place to shake up the politics in your state. Major exposures are about to be revealed at the southern border that your enemies tried to keep hidden and it no longer will be. Treason has taken place. Unrest has taken place. This is what I named this thumbnail here. Terrorist movements have been made, but a whistleblower is about to expose the Biden and his connection to these nations where they were paid to bring in their military to destroy this nation from within. I'm going to read that again. Isn't that not crazy? But this is what's happening. A whistleblower is about to expose the Biden and his connection to these nations where they were paid to bring in their military to destroy this nation, talking about the U.S., from within. Money and bribery, backroom deals, treasonous acts have been made. They have been caught and all will be brought down. The Biden is about to fall in a way no one saw coming, not even your enemies.
interesting about how this will happen, but the 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 actual military of the enemies being paid to come through the southern border is is going to be quite amazing to be revealed so remember my children prepare for things to shift things to shake and for things to build with intensity before a major explosion will take place in this nation that will free it once and for all saith the lord your redeemer and so just just a a bunch of mindset things there about us to not fall into fear right that's that's a big one i kind of reviewed that pretty quickly because i wanted to get to amanda grace's prophetic word that she had in robin in alabama where which was um robin bullock's church right so let me flip back to this and it's not up on her website yet but i did, anytime somebody reads a prophetic word, I like to show it, show them reading it because this is uh, they're they're literally being a vessel at this point in time, right? So you're literally hearing God use that person as a vessel, and here she is um, about this is three hours and seven minutes into this video. I'll probably cut this out into to to make it easier for people. But here is um, Amanda Grace when she just prayed in tongues for a little bit and boom the, the spirit hit her hit her after she was talking for about 20 minutes or so here here it goes spirit of the lord says this day take courage my children take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for your help for i the lord thy god am raising a standard in this nation i am raising this standard higher than it has been raised in times past amongst the wicked fray this standard shall arise and says the lord of hosts it shall be like a beacon on a hill the light shall burst forth in a moment says the lord there shall be a moment in your nation where it bursts forth where the bubble bursts, where what has been bubbling underground breaks forth and comes forth, says the Lord, and spills out and becomes a flood. For says the Spirit of the Lord this day, the I want to take that right there, the underground part, bubbling forth. You know, just think about all the evil that's going on. I think part of it, we have the standard that's going to be set, she talks about, right? That is us as the body of Christ having this, obviously God, Lord's doing that, but he's expecting us to be holding up that standard. And then, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. You guys let me know what you think down below in the comments. My areas of this nation, the wilderness of this nation, there shall be a flood of truth that comes forth in the mist. A raging river, a dam breaking, says the Lord. There is a dam on the east coast, says the Lord. There is a dam in the Midwest, says the Lord, and there is a dam on the West Coast, says the Lord, that is set to break. And thus says the Lord. The and, 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 and again, I think those dams are spiritual, but there's going to be huge, just the spiritual forces that have held back truth are going to just break in all three areas. Gnosticators and the political puppets and the wicked and the corrupt and those who blaspheme the name of God 
will be taken over by this dam. What they have built when it breaks shall be dismantled by it, says the Lord. And says the Lord, the cornerstone of the foundation that governs what you call your capital, I, the Lord thy God, in this season, in this time, in this appointed time, am pulling that cornerstone out. My hand shall come forth, says the Lord. My right hand and outstretched arm shall come forth, and it shall pull that cornerstone out, and it shall allow things to begin to lean. It shall allow the tower to begin to lean, says the Lord. It shall allow Congress to begin to lean, says the Lord. It shall allow governors who are connected by chains to begin to lean. And says the Lord, when they begin to lean, thus says the Lord of hosts, the wind of my breath, the pneumos, shall break forth in a gust, in a single gust, and it shall begin to knock over what leans. My breath, it shall be spoken forth from my mouth, and my breath, says the Lord, shall begin to knock over what leans. And those who do not lean in the right ways of God are going to find themselves publicly falling over on their face before Almighty God. Woo, that's exciting. I wanted you to notice that she has this purple mantle on that was uh, I think that's the mantle that Donnie Clement gave um, Amanda um, so pretty cool to have um, Kim Clement's mantle one of his and he gave another she gave another one to Chris so quite amazing and thus says the Lord they don't want to bow I the Lord thy God will make them bow. I, the Lord thy God, made the Philistines bow. I, the Lord thy God, made Israel bow. I, the Lord thy God, am beginning to break the back of the Ayatollah. Because Iran will bow. And I, the Lord thy God, am raising up a plan and a strategy in Israel that is going to surround Iran on all sides. And it's going to encapsulate them, says the Lord. It's going to encapsulate them. And it is going to cause the handshake that was seen with a red nation to be severed and broken, says the Lord. Because demons squabble, says the Lord. Demons squabble. And you shall publicly, says the Lord, see that squabbling begin. And when you see that squabbling begin, look to the East Coast, says the Lord. 
When you see that squabbling begin, begin looking not only at the East Coast in this nation, says the Lord, begin looking at your neighbor Canada. Because there are platforms, says the Lord, that are set for destruction. And I, the Lord thy God, say this day that I am moving in a way that has not yet been seen. You have seen it begin to bubble up. You have seen it begin to shake, awake the youth. You have seen the tremors, says the Lord, of this. However, says the Lord thy God this day, I shall shake them awake. I shall shake them awake. I shall reignite their passion. I shall redirect them. I shall order their steps. And there is an army of the young being raised up that will proclaim the word of the Lord with the boldness that is spoken of in my word. And they shall turn on the enemy, and they shall turn on the devourer, and they shall turn on the enemy's trophies, and they shall turn on wicked leaders and corrupt schools. They shall turn, and they shall cause the chains of bondage to begin to break off of the minds of the young. Because the young in this season, in this window, they have a window says the Lord, because I am opening up the windows of heaven and they have a window to be shaken awake and they shall become part of this march that you see, of this march that's going to echo across the nation. Behold, I, the Lord God, am doing a new thing. Do you not see it? In this season, you must have eyes to see and ears to hear, says the Lord, what the Spirit has to say. Because imposters shall arise, and they shall recite the word. And they have been groomed to be the Trojan horse, says the Lord. They have been groomed to come in looking like a gift. It is a curse, says the Lord. It is a curse. Pray for discernment, my children, in this season. Because a vessel that may look perfect on the outside is filled with darkness on the inside. And pray, my children, says the Lord, for leadership. For it's a strong ox, some of them. And I, the Lord, shall subdue them, says the Lord. They will listen. They will submit. They will surrender, and they will learn to wear the yoke, says the Lord, if they want to lead for me. David wore the yoke, says the Lord. Hezekiah wore the yoke, says the Lord. The name is etched on that yoke, and it shall be revealed. It shall be solidified. You shall see it. The yoke has coming upon Israel's leader right now, says the Lord. That yoke, he will see more. And he will hear forth more from me than he ever has in his life. For I am calling through the darkness and the noise, Benjamin, son of my right hand. I'm calling through the darkness. And I'm going to cause you to turn to my word Ooh. and to know in whom your salvation is. And he shall know it. And at some point in his life, he shall declare it. 
says the Lord. Now that's exciting, having an Israeli leader obviously coming to the true God, the true Jesus, and actually stating it, right? That's pretty darn exciting. For he is coming under that yoke, and he will be the ox for me, says the Lord, that topples the regime of Iran. He shall be the ox for me that helps plow the fields in America. That's interesting. So he's coming to even help with America, right? Now there's a warning here that she's had in three or four prophecies, I believe, about becoming a Saul and not a Paul, right? And I believe it's to Trump when he starts attacking all these other, other uh, such as DeSantis and everybody else versus just staying in his lane and focusing on the Lord. And so I believe this, uh, this is the warning that's coming. For your nation is meant to be a friend and a brother to Israel. And that needs to be reconciled in this season, says the Lord. For they have attempted to separate it. They have attempted to sever the relationship and destroy it. And in this season, by my bomb, I, the Lord, shall begin to soothe the wounds and the boils that have broken out and heal that relationship. And those that want to be Saul's and go after their own people, you shall fall by your own sword in this season. You shall... So I think that's a really big warning. This goes on for a little bit, and uh, Marty's here, so I want to make sure we, we can move forward. But you can find this again on the Church International site. Also, I'll also probably just cut that little 15-minute segment and put it up on my channel. Just wanted to let you know that uh, this is important to listen to the prophetic words, uh, I, and that's why I report so much on Robin and Julie Green and Amanda. Um, but there is a warning there for Trump. And I think we can pray for him to humble himself and to focus on the Lord and not to be attacking everybody, right? Because that's what, if you think that's what Saul did, he was, he was attacking, he was anointed, and then he was attacking David, right? And that's not, I just don't think what the Lord wants right now. So now, it's, plus there's a lot of other theories about what could be happening. It's not just DeSantis, he's, he's attacking though. Um, he doesn't need to do that. He's already the anointed one. God's got him under control. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. I did want to show one quick article, and then I'm going to bring Marty on. Um, it was pretty shocking, guys, that this article, the, and look, look at this. It says, CDC confirms that the majority of fatal COVID vaccines were knowingly sent to red states. This came out today. N knowingly sent to red states. And you will see um, here that they did an analysis of you know, dying of 100,000 vaccinated in 50 states. So the very detailed analysis. And uh, what it showed basically is that 19 of the 24 on the list of these ones that were of the, you know, of the uh, basically half the states, 24, right, that got these bad deathly um, doses are red states. And California has been the least affected of the deadly lots of COVID vaccine. So I believe they sent the most lethal to the red states. This is clearly showing this. The numbers show that Kentucky has a 1,900% worse vaccination death rate than the Democratic-controlled California, suggesting that Republican state received 20 times the amount of deadly batches of COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I think all of them are bad, but I believe they ratcheted up for their enemies. And this is really becoming very, very very uh, obvious. Florida, number 20 on the list, 
is the most vac the vaccine deaths per vaccination received three times the amount of deadly batches in California with its vaccination death rate at 200% higher than California. I'll also put this uh, link to this, how bad is my batch? So if you can find out if somebody, one of your loved ones or can go back to whoever gave them the shot, find out what their batch is, you can actually see um, how deadly that batch was based upon this this, um, this site that I'll be in the show notes. So again, just go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two, teach.com. Pretty crazy stuff going on. So I'm bringing out Marty right now. You can find him at Loudmouth, one word, Loudmouth Prayer on Rumble. You can also, I'm sure he'll give us more sites, but um, also loudmouthprayer.org. Um, it's such a pleasure to have Marty on again. It's so important to use our authority in Christ, and I just can't wait to get his uh, updates on how things are going for him. Um, Marty, how are you doing today? I think you're still muted, Marty. Oh, no, so is non-muted. We just can't hear you. At least I can't hear you. Let me know if anybody else can hear Marty oh. right now. How is that? Is that better? Aha, there we got you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> all right, how are you doing How's today? everybody? It's good to see all of you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you taking the time. You've been on You've been on a little bit of a tour. You've been working with a, some very powerful prophet, prophetic words, <laughs> um, people that give prophetic words. Uh, so tell us a, l- a little bit of update that's been happening the last couple of months. Well, we we've been uh, we've been busy. Um, you know, I'm called to the office of a prophet and then also a teacher, and I was moving in ste- stepping over more and more into the prophetic um, for the for the publicly. You know, someone can be called to an office; it doesn't mean they're publicly set in that office. Mm-hmm. And someone could be uh, called to an office and they've not even been separated into that office. Mm -hmm. So there's different levels of that. So keep that in mind when you're dealing with different people at different levels, there's different uh, places that they can be in in the call of God and the progression of that. And so I'm always trying to figure out where I am and what I am and what's going on with me. (laughs) So I started pushing into the public level a little bit and I'm called to it, it's good, but everything wasn't just feeling right. I'm like, God, I'm getting, everything is not flowing. And so one day in prayer, he just said to me, he said, you're called to that. You know, that's no big question. But right now there's such a deficit of teaching, which which I love your show. Praise the Lord. There's such a deficit in teaching in the body of Christ. And so I've joined with Amanda and with Julie Green. I've joined with these amazing, uh, you know, generals, these amazing men and ladies, uh, Bo Pony, just different people. And as we've joined with them, a lot of people have come on and, and joined the Loudmouth Prayer family as well. And in that, I found that so many people are just hungry for just the basics and teaching. So I do teaching five days a week, Monday through Friday. My objective originally was five minutes. It turned into 15. Then it went to 45. And now I'm doing an hour. <laughs> and, and and so it's just because, you know, Loudmouth Prayer, you just can't shut up. <laughs> so then, this morning, literally this morning, I, I just had enough caffeine and enough Holy Ghost. I just really couldn't shut up. My wife had to come up and say, shut it down. Just push the button. You're saying crazy stuff. So, <laughs> you know, after the teaching's done, then I get to be myself. So praise God. Yeah. yeah, that is awesome. So I think you're, I mean, I think your Rumble channel's just grown way. It wasn't just brand, pretty new, your Rumble channel. It's like, a, I think it's got like 9,000 subscribers already. So I think it's grown. Yeah, we we're almost at 9,000 and, yeah. and not, uh, four months ago, five, five months ago, mm-hmm. um, we had 600. 
Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I've, I've grown a thousand in the last five days. Wow. That's great. You know, just people, because people are hungry for teaching. Right. And I was, I'm very blessed because the Lord had me teaching children in church for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, my life is like a a funny cartoon all the time, you know, just, Mm -hmm. I love to make jokes, love to have fun and kind of animation, you know, and, but the simplicity is what I got from those 11 years. Yeah. And so when the Lord said, I want you to cover the nation with how to pray, I said, well, how simple can I make it? Mm-hmm. Because I just, because he, what he said to me was, he said, you've been waiting on me for 20 years. Don't make me, don't make me wait on you. Go cover the nation with how to pray. And so I stepped out into that and he just kept dealing with me. Like I had you do the children 11 years. There's a reason why I wanted to get it ingrained in you simplicities where it's at, where it's at. Mm-hmm. So we just embrace that. We try to make everything simple, just over explaining things. Cause you get a teacher up that's super smart and just knocking out some Greek words and some Hebrew words, man, we all love that, but what do we retain? And, and here's the big one, Rick and Gus, good to see you guys. Gus, you're so good looking. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Uh, <laughs> um, but what, what, what's applicable? That's the problem is, there's so much that ministers are sharing today, but it's not applicable to Christian living. And if you run through the writings of Paul, the writings of Peter, the writings of John, when you run through the, the epistles, when you run through that part of the New Testament, it's designed to give us the law and the layout and the structure for Christian living. How do I live successfully with the crazy people next door? How do I live successfully with the world, with the with the with the Christians who are crazy? How do I live successfully when the fiery darts of crazy thoughts, no matter what they are, when they come, fear or whatever? So the all the New Testament, that part of it is designed to show us Christian living. So it has to be taught applicable where I can hear it, understand it and immediately pl- apply it to my life. Because James said in James 1, you better be a doer, uh, don't be a hearer only. Because if you are, you're hearing it, but not doing it, well, what's the number one reason why, or what's a major reason why that some people aren't doing it? Because it's not been made simple. So we just embrace how simple can prayer be? Why don't you just sit back and just talk with the Father? Father, I love you. Thank you, Father. You're so you're so merciful. Father, I know I've come to you three times a day, and it seemed like all three times I come to you was to repent for some stupid, silly sin. But here I am the fourth time just telling you how much I love you and how wonderful you are. Thank you. All three times you forgave me, and I'll just keep walking and talking with you. You know, it's just real. It's real living. It's real life. It's real Christian living in this earth. We've got a flesh that kind of stinks. We've got a mind that's always endeavoring to be renewed, but not wanting to. We've got this flesh. It's this thick veil that doesn't want us to enter into the realm where God's living. And we're learning better and better how to pull it apart and step in and just be with him. And so all of this, we and we have an enemy. I know he's defeated, but he's still got some power because Jesus said, I've given you authority all over the power of the enemy in Luke 10, 19. Mm-hmm. So he does have power. There's tricks. There is wiles of the devil. There is fiery darts he's shooting. So there's things that's coming against us. So how do we take the word of God as simple and as easily as possible in every avenue of life and apply it to our life where we can just stay on a steady increase in glory to glory, just moving up higher and higher never getting lukewarm for more than a day, you know, just 
always because if you know what they say if you're not moving forward you're stepping back always just on this increase of growing in intimacy with him all right i love that so so take me back to a maybe your early experiences with prayer where you you really went oh my goodness because because i grew up as evangelical people grew up i know dies is talking about the church of england and where where we we didn't see the signs miracles and wonders Take us back to maybe some of your earliest times as a child where you saw some of this in action. So I kind of grew up in the charismatic renewal. You know, I, um, I was born in 72. I know I look so much younger. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I look anymore. This I don't look good. This is all lights. I got a lot of really expensive lights. But, um, okay, I'm joking. So, well, I mean, they are nice, but, you know. So, um, so yeah, I grew up watching demons cast out at 10 years old. At 12 years old, a man came to church for the first time, slithered on the ground like a snake. Pastor come over and during the service, cast the demons out of him. One by one, they were all left. He stood up, wept, completely delivered. Now, the ignorance of this was a month later, he became our youth minister. That was a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wasn't but, quite mature enough, right? Yeah, he wasn't wasn't quite there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and he didn't last long because now he was a great minister and he went off to to another location and so uh at youth ministry growing up in my world it, we were being forsaken every every month by the next guy that came through so it's good to uh, so i understand the the importance of stability right mm -hmm. you know of longevity but so you were like 10 years old when you saw saw that happen actually live oh yeah church. for sure <laughs> that's awesome. oh yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah we we had the move of the spirit now when my family got saved when I was around two and we were um, going to a specific denominational spirit filled church. And, but the, the pastor, a really great pastor still, I still can talk to him today. I don't very often, but we still have connection. Um, <clears throat> so I'm two years old, three years old. For, so we went there for probably, I don't know, maybe eight years or so when my family was, you know, um, just come on to the Lord in 74 to 76, somewhere in there. And one of the deacons did not like that the pastor got spirit filled and was talking about tongues every single, you know, service and the move of the spirit was coming. And one of the deacons didn't want it and he wanted him to shut up. And the deacon pulled a knife on the pastor and chased him around the church with a knife trying to stab him. Wow. And so we left and started our own church. So we went and found a different place where the deacons didn't have their own knives. Um, so, <laughs> or at least sharp ones. So we give all the deacons now dull knives or spoons. Yeah, okay. uh, you're not going to hurt me that bad with a spoon, deacon. You sit back down. So, okay. I don't know why I said that. So <laughs> I like to have fun. So, so. <laughs> Okay, you're, you're all imagining now if your deacons at church has spoons. So there you go. So no forks, only spoons. So um, we started and we moved over to a place where we weren't being controlled by the denominational structure that has a board over, you know, has a great assembly that gathers together and the churches are all subject to someone. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is the head of the church, and that's what we like to see. We like to see the head uh, actually communicating what he's thinking and the body hearing it and then becoming an expression of it in the earth that's the way it's designed to be so we ended up getting a good pastor uh this guy was a fool of god and we just had a great time it was a wonderful uh just growing up demons cast out moves of the spirit i can name ministers i can name very famous ministers today who are internationally known all over the world 
who weren't known at the time, who were coming to our church every three months, you know, in their traveling, roving ministry. And so, yeah, so it was a wonderful time of growing up in that. And then in my world, I was spirit-filled at probably about seven or eight or nine years old. Wow. I began to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. No one laid hands on me. We had been in a service where the Spirit of God was just powerful. I, rem I would remember the worship, and I would sit there not worshiping, just sitting there, just soaking up the very presence of God. And time after time, I mean, I remember my daddy falling down on his knees and worshiping the Lord, just the moves of the Spirit and the services. So one of the days after a Sunday morning service, we went and got in the car to drive home, and I'm sitting in the back seat, and I just leaned forward to see what mom and dad, you know, and tongues just started pouring out of me like eight or nine years old. And I just started praying in tongues and i was scared me. I didn't even know because I had been saturated by his presence, you know? Right. And so this is just the experiences that we had of just the move of the spirit and all the wonderful things of God. So that brings us to today where we're just going further and further. We're wanting more and more of what that looks like. Right. So help people understand that don't understand tongues. Um, you're, uh, you're, you're what you learned about the difference between a spiritual language versus spirit speaking in tongues and, and, and the verses that talk about not speaking in tongues if it, there's not an interpreter around. So just kind of give us a little bit of basic teaching yeah, the, on the tongues. The best way to look at that is that there is a personal, there's a personal prayer language. Mm -hmm. And so, but let's, if we take a step back, Jesus was speaking with the disciples, so he's still on the earth. Now, Jesus had been to hell, mm -hmm. been raised from the dead, now walking around for, was it like maybe 40 days with a glorified body, walking around with a glorified body, has this, inner, has this time with the disciples, and it literally said, he said, receive, receive, I think he said, receive the Holy Spirit, but he breathed, it said he literally breathed on the disciples. Mm -hmm. He breathed on them. He blew on them. Mm -hmm. And that was the disciples getting saved. Mm -hmm. And then as conversations grow, he begins to say, I want you to go to Jerusalem and hang out there. He used the word Terry. So people today are like, I'm tarrying, waiting for the Holy Spirit. No, we're not supposed to tarry today. That was the initial tarrying, mm -hmm. the initial waiting of the initial outpouring. Now you don't have to tarry and wait for the, to receive the Holy Spirit with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait on it. It's already been freely given. It's just like healing. It's just like salvation. You don't have to wait and just you know, push all the right buttons and show God that you're mourning and you're groaning for to receive it. It's already been fully given. But that original time where he said, go to Jerusalem and wait and tarry for that outpouring. And we saw that there were at least 120 in an upper room. And as that took place, as they were spending time with God, spending time in that unity corporate anointing, so powerful that there's this united corporate anointing that sucked down, literally pulled down the outpouring of that initial pouring out of the Holy Spirit because they're in this corporate setting, you know, worshiping and they're in this corporate setting. So the Holy Spirit pours out there and Pentecost then we see what happened. What is it? Are you talking about Pentecost at that time? The yeah, later, basically yeah. in Acts, Acts 2, right. Acts 1, right. they're waiting, Acts 2, the, the pouring right. out, and you have all that happened there where they begin to prophesy, right. and they begin to speak in tongues, and people were so like, oh, they're speaking in different languages. So that was the pouring out of an endowment of power from on high. That was a pouring out of the Holy exactly. Spirit, which we now have freely that we can just receive. We don't have to wait for. But when that came, 
it came with two different levels, one of which is just a personal prayer life where we can just pray quietly, loudly, however, and you don't have to, um, you know, get geared up for anything. Like right now, I could step over and go right into tongues from one English word or one word of my understanding right into right into tongues and then right back into English because I'm the one speaking it. Right. But what happens and that, is... And, that, and that's one thing I just want to back up just real quick just to clarify there because when I got this gift, uh, I don't know, six months ago or so, um, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool. So when I when you're done praying in English, you can just flip over to tongues and, and it's almost like... And that's one thing that's safe and okay to do, right? People can use their personal prayer Absolutely. language to pray by yourself with the Lord, and it uh, can be very powerful uh, sometimes when you're not sure exact words to use. Um, is that correct? Is yeah, basically, you're, so what happens is <clears throat> the Holy Spirit gives you utterance mm -hmm. that is, as it's referred to one place in Scripture, a tongue of men or angels. Mm -hmm. And so it is many, many, many times a tongue that you're not going to understand. Now, that's what's so funny about speaking by the Spirit, if we could use that terminology, mm -hmm. because you can speak by the Spirit in a language that you do know, which carries with it, as we, you just watched Amanda, which carries with it kind of like we could say the Spirit of Prophecy, right. which is in its simplest form, uh, inspired utterance from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. given to you at the very moment that you speak when it's given to you. See, yeah. a lot of times, so, yeah, so... That's the same thing tongues is. It's inspired utterance, but it's in a language you don't know. So the Bible talks about how it's not benefiting your understanding, but there's so many other things that it does benefit, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which we can get into those as well. And so, and, 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 so and there is can, a can private, I back up just one second? I just remember yeah, one thing yeah. that was just really impactful of Robin Bolt teaching this. He was talking about how a lady was uh, trying to help somebody in an insane asylum and trying to ask the demons to leave, and the demons were actually talking back to her, and, and she couldn't, wasn't having any success. So she just started praying in tongues, and the demons literally said, talk in a language we can understand. Oh, wow. And so yeah. it was like, that, that, just, that, that was a real testimony to me that we can actually, that, that, that when I'm praying to God, God and I'm praying out loud, um, the demons know what I'm praying. But when I'm speaking yeah. in my spiritual language, they don't know. <laughs> How cool is that? So anyway, that's just yeah. one, one. And I know you have two different levels, and you're talking about the personal level now. But uh, sorry for the two interruptions there. But go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. And there's there's a lot of wonderful aspects of why we should pray in tongues in this personal level. Mm -hmm. One of them is just because it's a sign of the baptism. So. A lot of times, now this is, we could always make a little adjustment on how we see this, mm -hmm. because like even now, we've done nothing wrong in how you and I and all of us are embracing this conversation, but we want to keep in mind that this conversation isn't about tongues. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and tarry because you'll receive power from on high. Mm -hmm. This conversation really should be about power from on high that has an evidence of speaking in tongues. I gotcha. But many times what happens is, especially when you have people that are not knowledgeable or even those that are like, tongues are of the devil. Nah, they're of the devil. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Because I've been around that my whole life. Yeah. Gus, you see Gus smiling. Yeah, Gus knows about those <laughs> people that think tongues are of the devil, right? And so we've, we've dealt with that. Well, but we need to keep in mind 
that Jesus is saying, hey, there's power I'm sending you so that you can carry out the ministry I've started. I need you to finish this, but I need you to walk in the power that I've been walking in. And then he said to Philip, and even greater works than these. Mm -hmm. So there's even greater because of the unity, because because we have that, the Holy Spirit comes in you and fills you. You get saved, he comes in you. I get that question a lot when I speak on tongues. People are like, so are you telling me I'm not, don't have the Holy Spirit? I'm like, no, no. When you get born again, Jesus become my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit comes in you. He's made his abode in you. Mm -hmm. He lives in you. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, those are very important words. You're being baptized by the Holy Spirit. When you receive that, you're fulfilling what Jesus said to the disciples, that you're now receiving that endowment of power from on high Mm -hmm. and the evidence of it, the evidence, Mm -hmm. the evidence, the tongues is not the power. Tongues is the evidence of that power. power. Then it's coming on you and filling you on the inside. You get a cup, you pour water in it, Rick. And as you pour it to the top, praise the Lord. But then the Holy Spirit says, let's just get it on and just fills it up where it just overflows. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth does what? Overflows. Speaks. Mm -hmm. It it speaks out of the abundance of your heart. So he fills up your heart so much with himself that it just comes out of your mouth. And that's the personal, that's a personal prayer language. And so there's so many steps and wonderful things to what that's about, but we want to keep the balance that it's about the power. It's about that we are to be a powerful witness in this earth, finishing the ministry that he started. Right. Okay. And so now you're talking about the second level or you're talking about yeah, so that's actually good. So yeah, so now if you go to First Corinthians twelve mm-hmm. and you look at First Corinthians twelve, it talks about the manifestations of nine different gifts. And two of those, so the nine, so they're called the gifts of the spirit. So right. let's break down three categories I like to break down. You have the fruit of the spirit. Galatians five talks about fruit mm-hmm. of your born again spirit. You've heard these right. love, joy, peace, temperance, meekness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (laughs) self-control. Good. So that's the fruit of a born again spirit. Yours, not the Holy spirit. It's a fruit of your spirit. And so that's the the gift, the fruit of the spirit. And then you have ministry gifts in Ephesians four, which talks, that's the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. That's these gifts given to the body of Christ that are kind of like generals in the faith that are helping train up the body to do the work of the ministry. So we got that group. Now, this last one we're talking about, first Corinthians 12 is the gifts of the spirit. These are nine gifts giving to us by the Holy Spirit, and actually what he's giving to us is the manifestation of those. As we look into, which actually I have uh, that scripture here pretty close to me, Um, I can read it here real quickly because I think it'd be good to see. Well, let me just look it up here, 1 Corinthians 12 real quick. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit gives us these manifestations of these gifts. And so let me read these gifts to you really quickly. And so I'm gonna go to 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter. And right here in the very front, he says in the very first verse, listen to what he says. This is so beautiful. First Corinthians 12, one now concerning spiritual gifts, 
Now, the word gifts, I'm reading just a simple King James. The word gifts there is italicized. Mm -hmm. So we know the King James guys with their little powdered wigs, as cool as they were, they plugged that in there. You like the powdered wigs thing, Gus? Gus, you would look great with a powdered wig. I'm just just telling you. I'm just going to say it. All the ladies here would be like, Gus is looking good. Mm -hmm. He's got the thing. He's got a little bow tie. So... Um, sorry, Gus, I can't help it. You're just, you're like in the middle of my screen. So, so concerning first Corinthians 12 now concerning spiritual gifts. So let's take that word gifts and set it aside because he's saying in the actual Greek now concerning spiritual. So Rick, he's talking about the things of the spirit concerning spiritual things. Well, we shouldn't be ignorant. He goes on to be, goes on to say, I would not have you ignorant. Don't be dumb concerning spiritual because now you're born again because he's talking to christians here you're born again your whole relationship with the father is 100 percent spiritual you don't communicate with him from the mind you, you don't communicate with him from the soul soul is eternal but that's not how you it, we communicate with him from spirit from the inside of us we don't communicate with body we do it with spirit so he said concerning things of being able to communicate and understanding that realm of the unseen don't be ignorant and then he goes in to talk about there are demonstrations and manifestations of the holy spirit given to the body of christ and so he goes on to say now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit there are differences of administrations i'm going to go down to verse 7 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit someone. So I like to say these nine gifts of the spirit. Now, why am I talking about these? Because two of these, one of them is tongues. It's a gift of the spirit, which is not, we're not talking about personal prayer language. That's your personal prayer language in tongues. This is a gift of the spirit that's given to someone to go through someone to benefit someone else. And that's what kind of what he's saying here. It's given the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit someone, to profit with all. And then he goes on to detail all nine of these. And when these nine gifts of the spirit, let's just talk about the utterance ones. There's power ones, which is the gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, the power ones, there's three of those. And then there's the revelatory ones or the revelation ones, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits, being able to see into the realm of spirits, right? So we've got those three. So there's six. And the last three are tongues, interpretation, and the gift of prophecy. So the gift of tongues, the gift of of diverse kinds of tongues, and the gift of being able to interpret those diverse kinds of tongues. And so those are two gifts of the spirit that will come to a person and through a person normally to benefit someone else. It can come to you and through you to benefit yourself, but the huge majority of the time you see it coming as a gift, as a manifestation of a gift coming to you from the Holy Spirit to come to you and through you to, and and remember one of the definitions of prophecy? I loved it. One of the definitions of prophecy is for the edification, the exhortation, and the comfort of the church. The Bible says that. And so I love that actually all nine of these kind of fit in that category. They're all to edify, to exhort, to comfort, to cause the church to benefit and profit, as he said here in one of these verses in 1 Corinthians 12. So we have our personal prayer language where you can just commune, fellowship with God, even pray for the nation, even getting in a very powerful intercession 
It's not just quiet. It can You can get strong in intercession. That's a personal prayer language. But then you can have this gift, this manifestation of tongues and the interpretation through you or someone near you come through you to benefit the body of Christ. I just said a whole lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's what I want to get to those two different levels that, that, that you can have a personal yeah. prayer language that it's okay to speak in tongues yeah. and talk to your Lord, right? While, yeah. While and so, you, yeah. And, and then second, and that's what happened with Paul. Yeah, go ahead. Paul was addressing, you know, um, the gift of tongues that's a gift of the Spirit, and people try to take that and apply what he was saying to that to the personal prayer life tongues, and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take the, minister, the, the manifestation rules of the gifts of the Spirit and apply those, but see the people who don't know and interpret. And and one, I, I have to just be as blunt as I can. Some of the people out there in the world who do not believe what we're saying, they have never experienced what we're saying, but they're trying to, to teach on what we're saying. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You cannot rightfully teach on what we're talking about if you've not embraced it. You just you just have to experience this to yeah. be able to stand up and rightly divide the truth. So, so address a little bit about some of the dysfunction that does happen where, where people are speaking in tongues and telling other people they're not saved and everybody, and everybody needs to be speaking in tongues from a perspective of the gifts. Oh, uh, so good. can you talk a little yeah. bit about that? <laughs> yeah, and one of the most beautiful pictures of that is in Acts 19. Mm-hmm. Now, so if you guys want to take some notes, just write these numbers down. Uh, 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19. 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19. Those are the five chapters that really give the most out of the book of Acts concerning what we're talking about today. Now, from the book of Acts, from the personal and some of the ministry gift side. So from that, what I'm saying is if you want some good homework and you want to jump into what we're talking about, those chapters all are covering accounts of what happened. But one of the best accounts happened in Acts 19, where it literally showed three different baptisms being shown there. Mm -hmm. So there was in Acts 19, there was, was it Paul and Silas? I believe it was. I I have to go there because I don't want to misquote it. Sorry about that. So they're hanging out. Uh, Let me just go to Acts 19. We have time, don't we? So praise God. Yeah. So Acts 19, we'll go to the New King James here. All right. So, and it happened in verse one, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, Paul said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And then he said to them, we have, and they said to him, we have not so much even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And then Paul said in verse three, into what? Then were you baptized? And then verse three, they said, we were baptized unto John. So what happened was Paul was saying, hey, you guys, you're obviously, he was thinking they were saved, Mm -hmm. but they weren't even saved. They not even heard of the Holy Spirit. So they had never had a baptism unto Christ, nor the baptism of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So he's like, what are you all about? And they're like, well, we're still following after the teachings of John. Kind of like John the Baptist. (laughs) Yeah, this baptism of repentance. We're we're still excited about that, and it's been 15 years. And, you know, it's probably been a while, you know. And so he's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, we have come so far beyond. You know, I mean, that's wonderful. But so then he leads them into salvation. 
Mm-hmm. The baptism of Christ, because they had already embraced the baptism of repentance that John taught. Mm-hmm. And then he leads them into the baptism of Christ as you read this story. And then he takes them on into the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And they literally began to speak in tongues. Listen to verse five. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Their mm-hmm. salvation. Right. And then verse six. And when Paul then laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So they had already had John's baptism. And then suddenly Paul just launched them into salvation, the baptism of Christ, then laid hands on them and got them baptized with the Holy Spirit, where the one that had just moved inside them to live inside them now immediately filled them and they had tongues come out of their mouth. Woo, I love it. So can someone go to heaven if they fell over dead right now and have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where he fills them up and they have tongues. Absolutely, that is not a requirement to go to heaven. And there's weird teaching out there on that. That's absolutely craziness. You know, you're talking about entire denominations that don't embrace this the way that I, you know. And so, you know, no, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. That is an eternal stamp on you. You are a new creation, First uh, Corinthians or Second Corinthians five seventeen. Right. New creature, new creation in Christ Jesus. The old passed away. When, when I did that salvation prayer, Jesus come into my heart. Boom! Eternity belongs to you with yeah. the Father. Right. This is a ministry opportunity for you to walk in the power of God when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with that evidence. Why? Let's go back to what we said about. Seven minutes ago, we can't make it about the tongues. We need to make it about, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a power from on high that's going to give an evidence of tongues. That's your evidence. Really, the question you want to ask me, Rick, is can someone be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? I mean, that's really the biggest uh, conversation piece of when these conversations come up, that's really the biggest question mark people have. I have some amazing, powerful men and women of God I know that I minister with them, and I call them into Tulsa and bring them in to minister with me. I mean, they are just like top-notch at the level they minister at. And it's no one that you guys would even, that, you know, it's it's not Amanda or anyone that you would know. But, I mean, just really amazing people, and I love them. I'm very close with them, but some of them believe that you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you don't have to speak in tongues. But I don't have scripture for that. When I go through those numbers I gave you, yeah. Acts 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19, the all my examples from those scriptures show that when you receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's always the evidence of speaking in tongues. I, I would fully embrace the other side of that. I just can't find scriptures that ever show it. So I'm just going to run with what the word says. Gotcha. Now that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to kind of stay a little bit on this topic if possible, but I wanted to uh, open this up to some of the backstage people. So I'm going to flip them on here, here. And, uh, and I know Chris, go ahead and ha- has a question. And when so anybody else raise your hand, let's, uh, let's uh, have, have those guys take over a little bit. So, so go ahead, backstagers. Hi, Marty. Hey, Chris. Um, so I got to see you at reawaken. So I've seen you like in the middle of a service. It was pretty cool. Um, but my question is, I went to a church service on Sunday and I live in central Ohio. So, um, 
God led me to go to um, uh, Gary and Brenda Cassie's church. And Gary was preaching on basically this thing that you're talking about. And I have been, I was raised in, I was born in 72 also. I was raised in what you're talking about. I hid under the pews when I was little so they didn't get a hold of my head, you know, (laughs) that whole thing. Um, But can you explain the difference between having the Holy Spirit in you and having the Holy Spirit on you? Oh, wow. Wow, you're pulling out the punches here. Good job, Rick. You're bringing in the big ones today. I'm telling you, man. Well, the first thing when that said to me, I just hear the hand of the Lord. You remember remember when the prophet uh, took took a run in the Old Testament and he runs so fast he outrun the chariot, the hand of the Lord come upon him? Yeah. So we see some Old Testament examples of that. And then there's also New Testament examples of that over and over. But let me just talk from my own personal life. Um, I know he's in me. There's no doubt. And and I, let me just go there for a second real quickly, because I deal with a few people in life that are questioning their salvation. And I say to him, well, have you prayed the prayer of salvation? Well, yes, but I don't feel saved. I was like, well, where are you feeling at? And they're like, well, you know, I just, and, and, the, and they're coming out of their mind, Chris. They're trying to mental assent it. They're trying to say, they're trying to intellectually fellowship and you can never ever intellectually fellowship because he's in the heart he's on the inside it's the spirit of man paul said in thessalonians that i pray thy whole spirit soul and body well we are a spirit we have a soul mind will and emotions and we live in a body so we don't communicate with the father through body we don't communicate with the father through mind will and emotions the soul we communicate uh like 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 the old testament says the spirit of man is a candle unto the Lord, searching all the parts. You know, so it's the spirit of man that he speaks and leads and guides and communicates with us. So I know he's in me. And so that's what people who question salvation, they need to number one, stand upon that they've done the prayer of salvation according to Romans 10, 9, and 10. They need to stand upon that truth, Romans 10, 9, and 10. You follow those two and you truly do Romans 10, 9, and 10, you are saved and stand upon that word and don't let the devil come talk you out of it. But then also you can look to the inside and you can see the Holy Spirit will bear witness with you that you're saved on the inside. Now, what about a person that's in depression or some type of torment? It's hard sometimes for them to to find that inside, that inward witness to find the voice of conscience on the inside because of how much they're going on. Cause torments up here, depression and torment and the attacks of the enemy oftentimes are up here. So it's good for them to just get to a place, either praying in tongues, which is a huge way of doing it or spending time in the word. And it will get them where they're spiritually strong enough to be able to check in on the inside. So I'm only saying all that to say he's on the inside and we can, he'll bear witness with you that he's there, but then also he'll come on the outside. And it'd be like a heaviness. It'd be like um, a weight. Now, I love the word glory. If you go back to the word glory and you go back to the very beginning of where it come from, its root means weighty, heavy. Glory does. Now, we know Shekinah. We know glory is the presence of God. But the reason why that word's so beautiful with heavy and weighty is because when the God comes 
He sits on you. He comes on you. So if you're in a service where he's moving, you'll just feel him like just a heavy come on you. I know you felt it before. And so that's also how the Holy Spirit kind of many times will come on you. He'll come on you to do a thing. And many times when we see the gifts of the Spirit, when I've had the majority of the gifts of the Spirit, the ones that I've had operate through me, which is prophecy, tongues, interpretation, the gift of faith, I've had it operate many, many times, the gift of faith, and I would have it just almost come on me. That's coming on me to go through me to someone else to profit them for edification, exhortation, comfort, to bring something good on their life. So a lot of times the coming on is you're just in a place where there's a magnified, elevated level of his glory, and he's just in the room, and he's just ready to sit on you because he loves you so much. And then there's times he'll move, and he'll come on you to do something through you. Did that help at all? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. Go go ahead, Linda. Okay. Um, Hi, Maria. Hey, Linda. Um, One thing, I had a question. I had followed your steps on 30 Days of Prayer. What video was um, the authority and believer's authority where you commanded they'll give back the money that um, I, what, I don't know, what video was that? Like, I had notes down, I can't remember what steps um take. I know he only taught. I have no idea. I'm doing a video six days a week, and I I have absolutely no idea. And I actually, I've not done the best job at keeping notes because what happens is I get prophetically teaching. So I'll make notes and an outline for me to begin to teach off of, and I'll get in it, and the Holy Spirit will just take me into something else, and I'll spend 20 minutes over there. And then when I'm done, I'm so busy, I don't go back and write down. So... Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Another thing, um, you always said um, to ask God what kind of gift. Um, well, that time, God gave me a gift on October 19th, intercessor. Inter- and I kept putting the comments on your um, your videos, too. Like, here, give me a um, gift. Okay, so I'm sorry. So, what was the question? You you broke up. I'm um, saying so um, so your videos. You say God will give you a gift, or oh, yeah. what? And I I wrote in the comments a lot of time. Here he has an um, intercessor boy or an interceder. Oh yeah, praise God. Yeah. And and that and that reminds me. He remind me. I think it was twenty-eight, twenty-eight, thirty-eight. I don't know. It was one of those days. You're talking about interceder. I can't find Yeah, can't yeah. I haven't more. gotten into that. I'm, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Linda, because I'm kind of behind on that because I really want to get into intercession and teaching intercession. And I was just fixing to start a series on that, and I just didn't feel because that's about the time I started doing the stand series of 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 the authority of the believer and and the authority that we have in Christ. I was fixing to start an intercession intercession series. But I really felt prompted to start, you know, the, the Authority of the Believer series. And then I've moved over into what I'm doing now, Walking with Jesus 
And so the, and, and then also in the grace series and all those, yeah, I want to get back to the intercession series because it is a lot of good there. But I tell you, if you ever, Chris, if you, I mean, I'm sorry, Linda, if you okay. ever really just want to see my favorite is Genesis. Is it Genesis 18? Um, <laughs> where, 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 where um, Abraham interacts with the three men that come to his tent and he's interacting with them concerning and he's walking and he takes care of them and he nurtures them and he washes their feet and he's loving on them and he makes them some hot cakes and makes them a some nice steak dinner and he really loves on them and then they're beginning to walk towards Sodom and then the Lord says this to him shall we share what we're going what we're planning to do with Sodom that right there is so powerful because he spent time ministering to the Lord, Linda. He spent time in a place of intercession. A lot of times we take intercession and we want to make it into warring and fighting and pushing back darkness. And you know, there is intricacies of that. But at the end of the day, the most powerful place we can be is ministering to the Lord. Great people of prayer that I've studied under, they've said this, Linda, when you minister unto the Lord, he's indebted to minister back unto you. And I have spent times just magnifying him. And then he would show up in the room and say, ask me for anything you want. <laughs> you see, awesome. he'll just show up because he's so in communion with you. Because see, covenant, Linda, well, we've missed it. We've not dug into covenant. Covenant means every single good or bad that I deal with is also his. So every problem I have, it's his problem. Every powerful gift, every good thing that he has is also mine. And so when I look at something, when I look at the Sodom of Tulsa, when I look at the Sodom of Detroit, when I look at the Sodom of San Francisco, when I look at the Sodoms there in Ohio, the ones in Georgia, when I look at these Sodoms and I see those and my heart is pulled towards those with compassion, when my eyes set up on them, guess what? He's like, okay, let's get it on. Marty, I'm going to give you the giftings, the power, the words to say, to speak over those Sodoms. I'm going to reveal what's going on in those, what the tactics are, what the enemies there. So you're getting over into the spirit of intercession because it started with ministering to the Lord. I love it. I'm still learning that because like October 19th, I, I, how they say it? I'm growing into that my what he gave me. I'm still more like like I want more. I want more. more like yeah. understand yeah. it more. Keep that up. Keep always, that up. always view intercession from the angle that we are already a victorious, triumphant church. You don't want to go into intercession trying to um, defeat an enemy that's already defeated. It's kind yeah. of useless. <laughs> you kind of get wrapped up in this circle of just emotionalism, fanaticism, excess, where you can just start running in circles trying to accomplish a thing that Jesus already accomplished when he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So we're coming in this from the point of, Satan, you old stinky booger. Yeah, Gus, I said booger. Satan, you old stinky booger. You've come in our territory with your stinking, filthy darkness, and you've taken some ground. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come in, and I'm just going to push you back with light. That's the mentality we should come in. We are victorious, and we're taking back ground that he's tried to steal. It's back to authority in Christ, right? And yes, sir. 
So, Gus, go ahead. Amen, amen. And all the Lord's looking for somebody to speak it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I've had the privilege, Marty, of praying with you and your wife, Jenny, and the likes of Amanda and such. And I've seen a lot of powerful things, witnessed it, been part of some, some of these things. But I was wondering if you could share with us maybe your, some of your most profound things when praying for people that you've actually witnessed with your eyes. Regarding like miracles, healings and miracles and things, you mean? Yeah. Just to build people's faith, share with them maybe a few testimonies of well things that you've seen. You know, um, you everybody raise your hand if you want me to push you. Let me push you. <laughs> Come on, truck driver lady. Come on, Katie. There you go. <laughs> let me push you. Let me let me push you. Because see what's happening, Rick and Gus, uh, Linda, Pam, Chris, Lois. What's happening here, Melanie? What's happening is we're coming to an hour that's the greatest hour that you could have ever imagined. We're stepping into this hour. And the Lord spoke to me. I had a prophetic word for Clay Clark back maybe April of 2022. And it basically was everything you can get in 2022 before the end of the year is extremely significant and has eternal weight and value beyond what you'll ever know as much as we, and so that really, that word really prompted me to start seeking the hearts of the, of the Lord more on what's, what is the hour that we're in right now, which he's spoken a lot to me and I could talk four hours on that. But when 2023 started prophetically, we just went to a different place in the body of Christ. Now you see with Asbury and you see all the stuff and we, we've heard of the Bob Jones prophecy of a billion and we've heard yeah. of the Bob Jones, you know, all the, all the things being said, brother Hagen would prophesy of this great coming Smith Wigglesworth, uh, Maria Woodworth Eder. So many people have talked about this great hour coming. Well, we don't talk about it anymore. We're literally stepping right now with our foot into the edge of it. We're stepping right now into the greatest hour of the church. That's why God is screaming unity, unity, mm-hmm. while the devil's screaming division, division. Right. That's why we're having such seems like chaos, but it might be purification. I don't know. I seems think. like chaos, but it might be the finger of God just keeping drawing a, a line in the sand, saying, right choose you what side yeah. for Roe versus Wade. Choose you. Will you let your church stand up and rejoice that Roe versus Wade? had a turning or are you going to stay, stay quiet? Are uh, you going to stay quiet? So there's the finger of God just over and over. It keeps drawing a line in the sand saying, I'm going to divide the wheat from the tares. I'm separating the remnant from the sleepy. I'm doing these things because I've got to identify and locate those that are ready to rise up together in unity, lay off the silliness of division, come together in unity and fulfill this great harvest. Cause see, Bob Jones, let's just, I mean, I, I can't tell you word for word what his prophecy was, but I know he had a prophecy of a billion. Do the math. How many people is it going to take of us to reach a billion? You can't do it with 300. You know, the great 300. Mm-hmm. 300 is not going to reach a billion. You're going to need a few million mm-hmm. to reach a billion right. because it's not just God's plan to save a soul. It is to bring the soul in 
and then disciple that soul, disciple that person into the stature of the measure of the fullness of Christ, to have them grow up in the things of God. And so in the timeline of things, we're stepping into this great time, this great hour of this taking place. And so God is doing all that he can to get people in place for that. I completely forgot your original question, Gus. I'm just rambling, but. (laughs) It's, it's, It's all good though, it's all good. Uh, you've got a distinct way to articulate these things in a very understandable way. But it was, could you share with us some of your uh, personal examples of yes. healings or miracles, signs and wonders that yes, you good. prayed and witnessed? So, just good. to build so, up So I said all of that to just say, I'm going to push you a little. So we have, we belong to a realm that's unseen. And we belong, we belong to a realm that's so unseen that most people in the body of Christ don't even believe it's as real as it, what it is. Yeah. And it's literally the place and the realm that we speak with the Father from. You know, when we, we are more in the spirit realm than we are in this natural, but most people are so naturally minded, knock on wood, uh, not my head, but, you know, most people are so natural-minded, they're no spiritually good, they're earthly-minded, not spiritually perceiving and having deep dialogue and fellowship with a God who's spirit. Remember Jesus at the woman at the, at the well, Jesus said, there's going to be a day, sister, It's going to be a day, daughter, It's going to be a day where those that interact and have commune with the Father is only going to do it through spirit and truth. He's talking about that salvation experience where now we're born again. He placed himself inside us by the spirit. And we just have this place where we can just always walk and talk with him. We don't have to wait for heaven for that to be. We're, we're, we have been made a small slice of heaven on earth that we can walk here with him. So I say all that to say, I learned the things of the spirit of how to go in the spirit and minister. And one of the ways I learned that was through prayer. And so what I've learned was years ago, mentors praying with them, the way Gus prayed with us, just spending time praying and being taught how to just step in and step out. So if I could go real quickly to the book of John, I think it's John 14. Let me go to John 14 real quickly. Um, John 14, well, that wasn't it. Was it John 10? Let me go to John 10. Mm, no, that wasn't it either. Okay. Yes, here it is. Okay. In John 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters in, say this with me, enters in. Enters in. If anyone enters in the door, that's the door of salvation. If anyone enters in the door of salvation, um, he will be saved. Boom. You can't deny that salvation. But then the word conjunction and then that saved person and can go in and out and find green pasture. He's talking about the realm that you suddenly become a child of, the realm of the unseen, the realm of the spirit. So we had learned how Gus to go in in prayer and to go in and out, access it and come back out. Right. Of the kingdom of heaven, right? Because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. But yeah. we sit with him in heavenly places. And there's an Old yes. Testament scripture that says, 
he blesses our going in and our coming out, right? Absolutely. So yeah. this is the ability to just one step be in the realm of the spirit and just if it, just with your eyes closed could be just the most popular way just with your eyes closed in prayer you just take a step forward and you step into that realm where the communing with him is no longer blocked by the flesh as much and you're having this dialogue and you can spend time and his presence just always comes on you and then you can step out and do something to go back to work and then you can just step back in there's this in and out now the lord showed this to me in a vision I was seeking how do I step in and out, and I had a friend, and we were praying about it, and we were speaking, because he had been learning how to do it, and this was like 15 years ago. He's a pastor now, Pastor Dave, um, not Scarlett, um, but so we were praying one day, and I had my first vision, and in the vision, I saw Jesus from behind. He's walking down a hill. He's walking down this dirt road, and I saw Jesus from the back, in this vision, he was about this tall because he's far away, and he reached up and grabbed something and put it in his, in a, like a pocket. And I asked the Holy Spirit, what did Jesus just grab? And he said, that was Malchus's ear. Jesus saw the day where he was going to need it. Blew me away. I'm like, hold on. So, he said here, I'm the door. If anyone enters in by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find something, Gus. What's he finding there? Provision. He used the word pastor, but there's provision. Jesus found an ear in the realm of the unseen because he saw that he needed it. How did he see that? Because he was spending so much time going in and out that one of the times he was in, the Father made it known unto him by the word of wisdom, one you know, we could say that by the word of the mind of God for the future, that it was going to be needed. So while he was just fellowshipping with the father and walking down that road, he just reached up and took it and had it. So that when Peter cut Malchus's ear off in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus just reached in his pocket, you know, now slapped it back on. So did Jesus reach down and grab the physical ear on the ground? I'm completely convinced that he did, but on the inside of Jesus, he was, it wasn't a natural ear. It wasn't fear physical. It was from the realm of the unseen. It was a spiritual ear. He had that. It was already a done deal. So that when he reached down and grabbed that ear from the ground, come up with his hand was also the spiritual ear and he slapped on the natural which brought the working of miracle and the healing that caused the natural ear to stick back in place be sewed up no scar blood dried up completely miraculously restored right there in front of a thousand or however many were there to come get him all of that took place because jesus had so learned how to go in and out and find provision for the now and the tomorrow so you ask me are you guys okay i just mess everybody up okay Wonderful. so yeah you'll see these when you start looking for the light of these things you'll see these things all through the new testament and so one of my experiences which is one of my favorites i had learned to just go in and go out and go in and go out now the first thing i'll cover one thing that we want to we want to fix Oh, it's 630. Uh -oh. oh, I've got to go. I'm so sorry. I have a show with Amanda Grace one minute ago. 
<laughs> wow. So I should have asked you, you that before. I'm glad you're going to Amanda. So, hey, so tell Amanda we said hello. <laughs> yes, I sure will, Gus. We're gonna we're gonna continue this uh, soon. We wanted to pray for you as well, so we'll pray for you backstage. And thank uh, you. Uh, but God bless you, Marty. Thank you so much. God if, bless if you. you. I'm it. so sorry. You, I'm gonna have to finish that story. Are you gonna be live? Are you gonna be live with Amanda here in a second? Yeah, I mean, just like I'm fixing to click on it right now. Okay, all right. So you guys want to bless continue with Marty? Go go over to Amanda Grace's uh, thank channel. Thank you so much. Right. That's awesome. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna end this now. Yeah. If you have a backstage pass, get back there. We're gonna do a little project children rescue. We're gonna be praying for that, and we're also we'll pray for Marty um, as well. Obviously, he's got a, a beautiful gift of teaching that we want to um, emphasize. Right. So that that is pretty awesome. So I did want to uh, flip back over to here and just say, guys, this is the time to use your authority in Christ. That's why I'm spending time on this. Uh, understand your authority in Christ understand how how the power of the Holy Spirit can fall on you individually. Um, and if you want more details about how exactly to do that, make sure you go to those those websites I was showing you, which is right here. You have the Loudmouth Prayer, um, which is loudmouthprayer.org, and uh, where Marty's going to be teaching on things like this. And then also his Rumble channel, which is Loudmouth Prayer as well. So follow, follow that, and, and I think you'll get some awesome insights um with that we're going to be going backstage and uh, getting into some more prayer god bless you guys hey by the way it's free backstage is free now it's more of a pay forward model so anybody can come back there um we want powerful remnant and prayer uh, make sure that you join this ministry just go to blessedteach.com blessed with the number two teach.com and then hit the backstage tab or blessedteach.com slash backstage will work as well God bless you guys. Can't wait to uh, spend more time with you guys backstage right now. See you in 45 seconds. Bye-bye.